0: This is Michael Melphy, and welcome to the Be Investable podcast, a series where I speak with innovative individuals who share their insights about what it means to be investable. Well, Welcome back. Today on the show, we're going to have Greg Reed. He is an American filmmaker, a motivational keynote speaker, and best-selling author. Best known for his book series titled Think and Grow Rich and the Think and Grow Rich series, which he did with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. He's published over 50 books, 28 bestsellers, five motion pictures, and been featured in many magazines. Well, Greg, welcome back to the show. Great to be here. And thank you so, so much for coming on today. And I, we're going to go ahead and hop right in. I know your time is precious, and I thank you for coming on. I wanted to ask you, what was the first time you made money, and how did you do it?
1: So, a great question. I think I was just a kid, so I got in trouble for it, to be quite honest with you. When I was a child, I... Understood the power of leverage. So I got paid $10 to mow the neighbor's yard, and then I hired the local kids for five bucks each to mow the lawn for me. And so I made five bucks a lawn just by supervising, so to speak. And uh, some people said I take, took advantage of the kids. To me, I was just an entrepreneur.
0: Awesome, awesome. And, and, and that, that takeaway was the leverage. And I guess as you moved on as an entrepreneur, you went on to start a company, WorkSmart, correct?
1: Oh, yeah, you're going way back, yeah. <laughs> so we did that one back in, uh, I think it was in 1997, and I ended up selling that one for my first, you know, big multi-million dollar, uh, you know, hit.
0: And because you, you exited that in, in 2014, and obviously we'll get to the, some of the other ones. What, 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 what was, there, was there anything memorable about that exit that, that you learned in that experience?
1: Well, it was a great experience because I realized that I built something from nothing, that someone else saw value so much that they would spend so much revenue on. And I thought to myself, that was pretty cool when you can create something out of thin air and create value and opportunity
0: for others. That's awesome. And yet you, have a, you have a mastermind conference, The, the Secret Knock. Um, what has been the most memorable moment about working with that and having that organization?
1: Well, the same thing. So what happened is for trade, for people that don't know me, don't feel bad, I'm not very popular at home either. I'm just a regular <laughs> guy who's been published in 68 books in 45 languages, and I interview all these amazing people. So I get to meet uh, the most influential humans alive, and people kept asking, how do I meet your friends? So I started an, an event in my living room with 12 people where they could meet some of the people I interviewed, and it grew and grew organically, and now we are Forbes, Inc., and entrepreneur's top-rated event in the world for business leaders, and we did it just by word of mouth. I mean, we created the strangest conference in the world. You had to pay $3,000 to attend, but I will not tell you where it is or who will be there. And we always sell out a few months early. And the whole key is we deliver by parading the most amazing human beings you can imagine, and people come back for more.
0: Oh, hold on, let me get this right. So, you, so you're going to ask me to pay $3,000, which I'm, I'll yeah. happily oblige to, but you're not going to tell me where I'm going or who I'm going to meet.
1: Correct. I'll just tell you the date and the city, and then that's all you need to know because you can book your airline tickets. And then a few weeks earlier before the event, I'll tell you a hotel you might want to reserve at, and then I won't reveal the actual location until we get there. And the whole idea is that we bring in just amazing human beings. So, for example, like the last one we did is, you know, we brought in Tonino Lamborghini. We flew him in from Italy, Mr. Lamborghini, uh, all the way to the founder of a billion-dollar brand called Ugger the founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation, to the inventor of the credit card magnetic strip and then one time we had a you know a secret interview where we had access to Edward Snowden was in hiding in Russia so we changed locations and did a quick little Skype with him it's pretty cool
0: that sounds absolutely amazing and what, what a cool experience how many people typically come to those events is it a close audience or how does that work
1: Yeah, it's very limited. It's only a couple hundred people at a time. And the whole reason we do that is where everyone else is talking heads. You know, 90 minutes of some guy just talking about themselves. We don't do that. It's 15 minutes. Bring someone up, say, what'd you do? How'd you do it? How can we do the same thing for ourselves? And then you have access as a participant to go pull them aside and have a beer with them or enjoy lunch and say, hey, here's what my business is, what I'm working on, what can I do? And you have that guidance and mentorship right there. And that, that's what we do. We're more of a community-based than an actual you know, seminar, so to
0: speak. Got it. Awesome. And then, then you also have a couple other companies, the, the, the Millionaire Mentor and The Secret of Happiness. Want to share a little bit for our listeners a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, just like I said, I run about seven different companies all the time. And what's really neat about it is that you can experience different, um, I don't know, I guess experiences, so to speak, along a life's journey. My biggest one right now is three, three, three films. Uh, my, i just made my first major motion picture uh, called Wishman. That's in editing right now.
0: It'll Congratulations! Be right well.
1: So that's pretty cool. So that's the big focus.
0: Can you so? Congrats on that. Can can you share with our? I did a little research on that. But are you able to share a little bit about the the movie with our audience?
1: Well, 100%. So I mentioned before the founder of Make-A-Wish attended one of our events. I asked him a question. I said, hey, Frank, you know, what did you ask for? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you're the founder of Make-A-Wish. What did you wish for? He says, no one ever asked me. He says, well, I want to be the guy who grants the wish of the founder of Make-A-Wish. And he said, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids will know I did something cool. And so it's taken five years and millions of dollars, and now we just completed the major motion picture that should be ready for fall uh,
0: release that is absolutely awesome and congratulations on that and how cool to make a wish for the founder of make a wish that is great
1: yeah, it's pretty neat yeah. and knowing that the guy you know but the moral of this story is you know this guy went through so many trials and tribulations like we all have and the moral and takeaway will be is that if, you know, this guy could do it, then we can all do it. Whether, you know, we're a school bus driver or, you know, we see a boy right. picking on it, everyone. Everyone can be a hero and make a difference.
0: That's awesome. Greg, you've obviously had a ton of success. And, and, and when people, you know, look at everything you've achieved, I got to believe there's been some challenging moments. Is, is there one moment or maybe more, but is there at least one moment that really you'd say was the biggest obstacle, the biggest challenge that you faced? I wouldn't say
1: any one of them they all are I mean every single like <laughs> I just said it took five years to make this movie uh, I mean that's a long time of no's and rejection and I mean imagine being told no non-stop for five years it kind of wear on you but the reality <laughs> are, it just kept going and yeah. same thing when I wrote my first book I was turned down by 268 publishers and agents and printers in a row and the 269th one said we'll do your book just change the title beginning the middle and the end because i sucked at writing and what <laughs> happened is, i brought on a ghost writer who breathed air into it and it went on to become a world phenomenon that went on to i did 67 books after i mean that's pretty spectacular the whole key is not quit
0: that's that's absolutely awesome and I, I, you know, you're right. We all face those challenges. Is is there something? Why why do you think you're able to get through it? Is there is there a certain attribute or a certain skill that you find that you you have that allows you to be able to work through some of those challenging moments?
1: Well, I, I follow what I call the knowing see I don't follow what I hope or wish or believe or any of that stuff what I do is I sit there and I go no I know I can do this and I know this is a good story and I know I'm on to something and I don't let other people talk me out of what I know to be true and so the whole thing is I only take on projects that I know I trust in and that I can more importantly complete and finalize
0: awesome question another question for you is how do you define success you've obviously had a lot of it but what success look like for you today
1: Well, it's fortunate that I get to live it right now, which is the one word called freedom. So, you know, I don't set an alarm clock in the morning. In fact, this is it, pretty much it, 9 o'clock in the morning doing a, a radio interview. And the whole idea is that I get to live life on my terms. And by having that type of freedom to go where you want, do what you want, experience what you want, I think that's a definition of success and whatever that means to you.
0: Got it, got it, got it. I want. I want to hop back over to the to the to the movies for a second. You've done a f- uh, quite a few different ones. Is any one of them stand out, or is this one coming up going to be the one that you think is the most most special one to you?
1: Uh, the other ones were I, I call kind of hokey. You know, they're little personal growth ones where yeah. there are more documentary type style that anyone and everyone can do. I mean, on a handheld camera. This one was my first like major motion picture with you know forty five staff and you know with, with a big budget spend and the whole bit so it was pretty spectacular doing this one
0: okay well what about the books obviously you've had a ton of great books out there and written a bunch of them is there any one that was like that was my favorite one you know people ask
1: that quite a bit and I've been contemplating there's four that are my, my favorites I guess so to speak it's like out of sixty. there's four that just ring bell I mean one is uh, The Millionaire Mentor my first book I ever did by far uh, because that's the one that got the catalyst going uh, positive impact, which I did with my mentor Charlie Tremendous Jones, and then when I started doing the Think and Grow Rich series, Three Feet from Gold" was, you know, just a giant worldwide release and stickability. So those would be the four that really I probably bring.
0: If you walk around my house, those are the books you see on the bookshelf. Got it. Okay. The, the 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 Three Feet from Gold was was a good one. Is what what made you write that one, or how did that one come to be?
1: Oh, I think that was a total intervention thing there is amazing. So uh, Think and Grow Rich was written by a gentleman named Napoleon Hill you know, in, back in the 1930s. And what happened is I was given an opportunity of a lifetime from the Napoleon Hill Foundation to kind of recreate the Think and Grow Rich series where I went around the world and interviewed today's top thought leaders to find out why they didn't give up three feet away from their, their vein of gold. It seems like so many people quit one class short from a degree or sales or marketing yeah. and I want to know what kept people going. And I think by working on that book also gave me the uh, fortitude to keep going through my challenges.
0: Was there one attribute or do we have to read the book to find out what, what really kept those people going when they were three feet from gold?
1: Well, there's the, the fourth book listed, which we talked about three, three feet, is stickability. It's the power to persevere and how do you do it and how do you find that knowing And one of the biggest things is we avoid something called if-when-then deals. That means if this happens and when this comes together, then this is the outcome. Those are swinging for the fences. Those are your home run lottery ticket deals. And most people are swinging for those and they don't have a lot of success in their life rather than focusing on hitting singles and having – standard, you know, everyday cash flow while you're swinging for the fences and having a combination of both entities.
0: I think that's such a valuable point to make. You know, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs. They own emerging companies and they're growing. And having that cash flow time and time again, when I talk to successful business people, if they, you know, say, if I ask them, what could you tell your younger self? And they'd say, find a way to have consistent cash flow. Find a way to hit those singles while swinging for the fences. It's such... It seems so obvious, but so many, so many of us fail, and we get, we kind of get caught up in that swinging for the fences syndrome.
1: Well, we all want the bright, shiny objects, and that's because of society. I mean, we all, you know, turn on TV and we see all the bells and whistles, and the movie stars, and the flash and glamour, and the fancy cars. And the realities are that it's fantastic, but it's the, uh, you know, the day-to-day operations that gets us to the point that we truly will have that freedom feeling.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think that it, it's, you know, it, it is, a, it, it, we are a product of our environment in that sense is that people will often say, oh, well, I saw this or this person's doing this or this person doing that. And, and they don't really see what went into going there. One of my favorite things that people talk about is, you know, everyone loves, oh, wow, Black Belt is such a great honor. But what did it take to really get there and get that? And it's such a, uh, it, you know, that's kind of what this, the, the badge of success in our world is. People love to see that person once they're on the pedestal or on the stage but we never get to hear the story of how they really got there because when you do, it's really interesting of how much they really went through.
1: Well, it's interesting. One of my favorite interviews was with Steve Wozniak, mm-hmm. uh, co-founder of Apple. And I said, how did you and Steve have so much success? And he says, we embraced our lack. And go, what do you mean? He goes, well, Where most people run away from their fear of what they don't have, we ran toward it. He said, when microchip processor chips came out, they were so expensive, we could only afford one chip. He goes, Hewlett Packard would create machines that go from point A to B with 20 chips. They had all the money of God.
0: Uh, is what, what made you write that one, or how did that one come to be?
1: Oh, I think that was a total intervention thing there. It was amazing. So, uh, Think and Grow Rich was written by a gentleman named Napoleon Hill you know, in, in back in the 1930s. And what happened is I was given an opportunity of a lifetime from the Napoleon Hill Foundation to kind of recreate the Think and Grow Rich series where I went around the world and interviewed today's top thought leaders to find out why they didn't give up three feet away from their, their vein of gold. It seems like so many people quit one class short from a degree or sales or marketing. Yeah. And I want to know what kept people going, and I think by working on that book also gave me the fortitude to keep going through my challenges.
0: Was there one attribute or do we have to read the book to find out what, what really kept those people going when they were three feet from gold?
1: Well, there's the, the fourth book listed, which we talked about three, three feet, is stickability. It's the power to persevere. And how do you do it? And how do you find that knowing? And uh, one of the biggest things is we avoid something called if-when-then deals. That means if this happens and when this comes together, then this is the outcome. Those are swinging for the fences. Those are your home run lottery ticket deals. And most people are swinging for those and they don't have a lot of success in their life rather than focusing on hitting singles and having standard you know, everyday cash flow while you're swinging for the fences and having a combination of both entities.
0: I think that's such a valuable point to make you know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs they own emerging companies and they're growing and having that cash flow time and time again when I talk to successful business people if they you know say if I ask them what could you tell your younger self and they'd say find a way to have consistent cash flow find a way to hit those singles while swinging for the fences it's such it seems so obvious but so many so many of us fail and we get we kind of get caught up in that swinging for the fences syndrome
1: well we all want the bright shiny objects and that's because of society. I mean we all you know turn on TV and we see all the bells and whistles and the movie stars and the flash and glamour and the fancy cars. And the realities are that is fantastic, but it's the uh, you know the day-to-day operations that gets us to the point that we truly will have that freedom feeling.
0: Absolutely, absolutely and, and I think that it it's you know it, it is a, it, it, we are a product of our environment in that sense is that people will, often say oh well i saw this or this person's doing this or this person did that and, and they don't really see what went into going there one of my favorite things that people talk about is you know everyone loves oh wow black belt is such a great honor but what did it take to really get there and get that and it's such a uh, it, you know it's, that's kind of what the, the the badge of success in our world is people love to see that person once they're on the pedestal or on the stage but we never get to hear the story of how they really got there because when you do it's really interesting of how much they really went through
1: Well, it's interesting. One of my favorite interviews was with Steve Wozniak, Mm -hmm. co-founder of Apple. I said, how did you and Steve have so much success? And he says, we embraced our lack. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, where most people run away from their fear of what they don't have, we ran toward it. He said, when microchip processor chips came out, they were so expensive, we could only afford one chip. He goes, Hewlett Packard would create machines that go from point A to B with 20 chips. They had all the money of God. So I had to pull away five and configure it to go to A to B using 15, and then pull away another five and get to work with 10. So finally, I went from A to B using our one chip. He goes, look, we were not trying to be innovative or cool or slick. He goes, we could afford one chip, (laughs) but by embracing that as an opportunity, I found the shortest, cleanest path. And by doing that, I changed the way people do personal computing for the rest of the world for the rest of their lives. He says, where could you be right now in your own chosen field of endeavor if you stop stopped looking at something your greatest challenge, but it might be the greatest blessing and opportunity in disguise?
0: You know, I, I get to do these podcasts on a pretty regular basis, and that may be one of the more profound things that I've, I've heard someone say. I think that's brilliant, to say the least. Thank you for that. Well,
1: well, God, well, he's a smart guy. <laughs> well, and, and, and a lot of these things were great. You know, you talked about earlier, you know, about how do you stay the course. And it was one of the things uh, people I interviewed was a guy named Trud Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A restaurants. And mm-hmm. he says the biggest challenge with most business leaders is he goes, you guys got to stop over planning. I says, well, well, that's what we're taught. And he says, well, last year you had a lot of plans. I go, yeah. And he goes, how did that work out for you? He goes, you might hit a goal. But how it came to fruition didn't go as you expected. He goes, stop planning and look for and capitalize on unexpected opportunity that's given to you every day that goes unseen. I go, what do you mean? He says, well, if I'm on my couch and I want to get to the end of the street, that's my goal. I have to get off my backside and start moving towards that direction. I got to take action. He goes, but every planner is going to plan where they're going to stop and take a break. I'm looking for opportunity. Did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out and make my journey short? He goes. If I get real lucky, I'll catch a ride from a neighbor driving by and get to the end of the street. He goes. Either way, you know, I'm good with getting to my goal. I just don't mind how it has to happen.
0: Hmm. You, you. Thank you for that. You alluded to a couple of great interviews you guys have been able to do. Is, is there any one that that kind of sits out for you? Or is there there are any 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 person that you met that you just the interview was so great?
1: By far. I mean, there's many of them. The greatest takeaways. Like whenever time I do a seminar. You know, people always wait for that one golden nugget. Yeah. I guess this is it. This this is it. All
0: right. So listeners, listen up.
1: This is it. This is it. All right. I invented a guy who invented string theory. Um, The eluded thing that, you know, Einstein couldn't figure out anyone, but John Schwartz came up with the solution and he said successful people seek counsel where failures listen to opinion. I said, what's the difference? And he says opinion is based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, inexperience, like a family friend who's never done what you're about to venture upon. Counsel is based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. People have paved the way. If you go to a family friend and say you're going to write a book, they'll probably talk you out of it because they've never written a book. But if you go to Mark Victor Hansen Who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul And sold a billion copies He'll say sit down before you get started Here's what you need to know And give you counsel Based on wisdom knowledge mentorship He said if we would spend our activities Only seeking counsel in our lives And ignoring people's opinion That's the day your life would change
0: Mm. Wow that is awesome That is great So you've obviously shared lots of great wisdom here. The last three ones were some really, really good ones you dropped on us. Is there a place that someone can hear more of these or read more about some of these interviews you've done? Or do they got to go to the Secret Knock?
1: Well, I I invite people to apply to Secret Knock. Again, just because someone wants to go or give me three thousand dollars doesn't mean you can go so you have to go to secret and apply and then we make sure that you don't wear a tinfoil hat or talk to dead aliens to so your cat before i introduce you to my friends here <laughs> and then what's 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 cool about the the, the products is yeah the books product everything's out there i mean i have nothing to sell i just wanted to come on and say hi to you and see if there's some way i can actually be of contribution back to you
0: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. And this has been tremendous value to, to myself and to the listeners. And I always like to end with, with one question. This is the Be Investable podcast. And so what does it mean to be investable in your own words? Gosh, so one of
1: the greatest questions ever asked. I was going to answer, it's the clarity of the mission makes one investable. Because so many people come up and they have a great idea, but they cannot explain it on the back of a napkin. And the clearer that you have and the more passion and the, the uh, foundationally sound that you come across, the easier it is to get people to back you and believe in your dream. So, for example, if you sit there and say, I want to create the flying car, but you have no idea what it looks like or how it will operate, compared to someone saying, hey, I want to make a major promotional." picture based on the founder of Make-A-Wish here's his live story we have the uh, screenplay done here's the financing in place now what we need to do is get distribution that clarity is what gets people to get behind you
0: Hmm. I think that's great I love it thank you so so much for that answer and and once again I want to thank you for for coming on the the show loved having you loved the conversation
1: keep smiling let me know if there's any way I can be of contribution by the way people listening my personal email is greg at gregreed.com. You can send me an email. It doesn't go to a secretary or a screener. It goes right to me, right to my cell phone. So if you're listening to this, I can trust that you're doing something special. If there's something I can do, I don't want to talk about what you ate for dinner last night or your puppy's, you know, maiden name. But if you've got a business question or something I can do to answer a real quick thing,
0: I'd be glad to do it. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Greg. Keep smiling. Bye. Awesome. Bye bye. Well, once again, this is the Be Investable podcast. My name is Michael Melfi. And I want to thank you for listening. Another great episode. If you have not heard some of our other episodes, please tune in and see some of the other great people we've had a chance to engage and collaborate with. And if you get a chance, go on over to www.getinvestable.com forward slash magazine to get a copy of our latest magazine. Until the next episode, stay investable. Additionally, you can find more great content through our amazing media partners such as cranes business detroit huffington post michigan business network mishapreneur smart hustle magazine and startup nation thanks again for tuning in and we look forward to talking with you soon